Welcome back to episode 47 of the Hockey House podcast presented by Selly Hockey Co., where we cover all the latest news in non-NCAA college hockey here in the United States. Once again, I'm your host, Mackenzie Murphy, joined alongside by executive producer David Herman tonight. Herm, you and I had quite the weekend. I mean, a little extra stay in Syracuse. You using up those uh, rewards programs here at the Hockey House in Cuse. I guess so. Here at the Hockey House, we are not the biggest fan of Greyhound buses. Not the buses themselves. The ride is actually quite comfortable and not half bad. It's just the fact that they canceled my bus because they couldn't find a driver. The next bus that they had also was canceled because they couldn't find a driver. There was no update on the app or anything like that to let me know. Like, you know, when you go on a flight and you get a ping immediately the moment your gate changes, there was nothing like that from Greyhound. So Murph was courteous enough to pick me back up from the Greyhound station and let me hang out for another night with the boys. Yeah, it ended up working out. I mean, it wasn't the only thing that had gotten canceled this weekend. Big plans to do a doubleheader in Syracuse. We were supposed to play NYU on Saturday afternoon, and that was going to be followed up by the Syracuse Crunch during their annual teddy bear toss. Unfortunately, the Rochester Americans found themselves out with COVID, so the game didn't get played. We were still able to play the game at the at the War Memorial downtown, and we had a great time doing that. The Crunch were great hosts, and Herm, you were able to photograph too, so ended up being all in all a good weekend in Cuse. It's always a, a fun time when you get to photograph in an A. AHL rink. Like Murph said, bummed we couldn't do the double header, but it all worked out in the end, so we're all good. And the uh, older Murphy brothers made their annual trip to Syracuse too, which made things even more entertaining, which was to go out with them and kind of show them around Syracuse. And, and Herm got to meet them while he was here as well. So very, very busy weekend in Syracuse, but we, we made it work and then followed up on Monday afternoon. Most of the, I'd say we almost had half the team there, but made the trek over to Buffalo to watch the Monday night football game. Kind of a crazy experience. I'd consider it a bucket list item to watch a Pats game in, in Buffalo, just because I think like Herm, I was explaining to you, it's kind of like it's also on my list is seeing a Bruins game up in Montreal. So I had to take the opportunity. But man, getting out of class, heading over to Buffalo at four in the afternoon and then getting back at three in the morning and waking up for class like it's just another day. I mean, crazy experience. And it was ridiculously cold at the game last night. I mean, I didn't really see the photos until afterwards, but I thought I was cold. But I saw the photos of Mac Jones afterwards and he looked even more cold than I was. And he was the one he was the one behind center. And you're not even mentioning the 60 plus mile an hour winds that went on too which was bonkers like i was seeing guys in in warm-ups like tossing the football to themselves and then uh getting it thrown back to them that was just a crazy crazy scene yeah I and mean, when we first walked in we could see the buffalo kicker was missing he was missing like 25 yard chip shots so we knew it was going to be a, a crazy game and it was a great experience and, and thankful i had the opportunity to go to the game but a solid weekend all around like i said we were able to play at the war memorial downtown and huge experience for us to just get to play there we didn't get the result we wanted we got to see daniel walcott he came into the locker room addressed the team gave a big speech i I was comparing it to when wayne gretzky comes in the locker room in the second mighty ducks movie and and says good luck to team usa it it felt just like that and we were able to get a picture and it it was really good awesome experience for everyone on our team and and we hope to do that in the future before we get into the weekend highlights uh selly hockey had a weekend highlight for them they launched a new line of new england pond hockey snapbacks they came in in two options they had a navy and a cream option the cream option almost sold out instantly. Uh, There's no more left. They are planning another pre-order of those. So be on the lookout. Nice little off-white hat with a New England hockey landscape. Great looking hat. And it's I believe it is going to come out in a crew neck soon. So be on the lookout for those perfect Christmas gift items as we get to that time of year here in late December. Be sure to check those out at sellyhockeyco.com. As always, I'm just waiting for the hoodies. Herm's a big hoodie guy. 
And I mean, you saw them for yourselves. The, the Q team Selly hockey hats look great, and it was nice nice to see Jordo rocking his behind the bench with the backup goalie towel as well. Yeah, I snapped a couple of pics of it. It looks official. It would not look out of place at any NHL team's team shop or on a pro athlete. Like, it is legitimately, legitimately stylish and well-made. We had a decent amount of breaking news uh, over the weekend. We'll first start off with you, Mary, who announced they will finally be joining ACHA Division One for the 2023-24 season. So they will not be making the jump with Oregon, San Diego State, Purdue Northwest, and the College of New Jersey, but they will be joining the season afterwards. I think this is huge news for the ACHA. That is definitely a program that needs to be in Division One, and I think they will compete for a national championship right away. They already play games against those teams in North Dakota, then they played them this weekend. They uh, dropped a game to number 10 Jamestown 4-3 in OT before dropping two more games to the number two ranked team, Minot State. I know there was a little debacle on Twitter, those two teams going back and forth because Minot State referred to the game as an exhibition. You, Mary, had some kind words back to them about they were only going to call it an exhibition if they if they lost. And so uh, I believe the technical term is if you are playing down a division it is an exhibition the games don't count towards your ranking the team in the lower division can count it towards their ranking i believe so that's why one team refers to it as an exhibition and the other one does not i remember hearing similar things of liberty referring to their game against nc state as an exhibition as well so i I believe that's not too out of the ordinary the other breaking news came in arizona we had it as one of the games to watch this week uh this past weekend but arizona swept arizona state in tucson and that was coming off the major announcement that the wildcats will be moving to a new arena in 2024. The Mosaic Quarter Iceplex is going to be break ground pretty soon in Tucson. This will be the primary home for Wildcat hockey. They did not announce any plans to go NCAA Division One. They made it pretty adamant that they will be staying in ACHA Division One, as well as adding a ACHA Men's Division Two team and then a ACHA Division Two Women's team, as well as a sled hockey team. So lots of hockey growing for the University of Arizona, which is great to see. I know the only sheet of ice right now is the Tucson Convention Center, which is pretty complicated when you have to share a facility with an AHL team, the Roadrunners. So that's really good for hockey in Arizona. Yeah, I know a lot of people are saying, well, why are they only adding 3,000 seats? I feel like that's a perfect number for a college hockey arena. Colorado College just built a new on-campus rink after playing off-campus for so long, and they kind of went on the smaller side with 3,000. So I think that'll be great, and hopefully that place is rocking when when it opens up in 2024. Sticking out west, some interesting develop in the GCU UNLV matchup. We saw a lot of photos. It appears there was a figure skating show and, and they're getting ready for their big Christmas show. The series between Grand Canyon and Nevada Las Vegas was legitimately played underneath the Christmas tree this weekend. There was a Christmas tree hung above the ice. Nick Flanders did report to us that he shot a puck into the tree and it did not come down during the morning skate. The pictures were hilarious. You get the action shot of the matchup and then in the background you can just see the Christmas tree hanging it made for quite the scene can i officially put a bounty on that puck if you find that puck inside of the christmas tree we'll send you a sally hockey hat now we got gcu players tackling each other on the ice at practice that tomorrow they're gonna be throwing sticks at the tree to get try to get it to come down 
full javelin style. It's going to be real, real entertaining. Big news out of Iowa this weekend. It sounds like the Cyclones as a program had themselves a huge weekend as all three Iowa State teams swept last weekend. D1 took care of Roosevelt and D2 and D3 took care of Illinois State. Murph, is it time to designate Iowa State as a hockey factory at this point? They've got a real, real solid thing going across all three levels of hockey. I think it's fair to call Iowa State a hockey school. I wouldn't go as far, though, to say that they are a hockey factory. The only thing they're missing to get the hockey factory title is a rink on campus. I think hockey factory title, you got to have teams in men's and women's, at least multiple men's teams, rink on campus, I think are the qualifications. I think the Bobcats are close. They could add a, a, a women's team you know, of Iowa State, too. Makes sense. But if you don't have the rink on campus and you don't have it all, I think you can you can use the title hockey school. How about that? Mm. Uh, yeah, hockey school is definitely a broad one. Like Keene State is now a hockey school, but they're not a hockey factory by any means. Correct. And I mean, speaking of Ohio, we did have, I know, Herm, you, you can just say, you can mute your microphone for this segment if you want to, but we had some huge sweeps this weekend. Niagara went into Athens, Ohio, and took two from the Bobcats, including one on Teddy Bear Toss Night. I know Niagara was having some bus issues. Um, they were running behind. I believe the first game got pushed back, um, and they took that one. And then to come back down 3 0 in the third to win 4 3 in overtime and get the sweep, that was huge. Huge for a team at number 17 that I think a lot of people have their eyes on as maybe being a little bit underrated at this point. But to go beat the Bobcats on the road, I don't think they're underrated anymore, which is really exciting to see. And that wasn't the only big time sweep we saw. Missouri State was swept by Illinois. And I know Illinois got off to a rough start this year. So that is a huge win for the Illini going into the winter break. We said never to count them out. The CSCHL is dangerous, real, real dangerous. And Illinois exemplified that. We talked a lot about earlier with, with you, Mary, joining division one soon purdue northwest was rudely welcomed to acha division one this weekend they were handed a sweep from the adrian bulldogs i believe in game one though they were only trailing 2-1 in the third and then the bulldogs went on to score six unanswered goals in the third to win that one 8-1 but blowout of the week material in game two as purdue northwest dropped 12-1 to to adrian a couple of highlight real goals in that one that we saw um in other blowouts we saw maryland d2 women's team defeat Westchester 14 to 1 and in division one women's we saw Midland handle Colorado State 13 to 2 so a couple big blowouts on the women's side of things this week and we mentioned it last week but this week's game of the week is Army and Navy taking on each other at the American Dream Mall right outside of MetLife Stadium where the football teams will meet on Saturday I hope this place is rocking I know it's a quote-unquote exhibition for Navy because Navy's D1 and Army's D2 but I hope uh, the cadets can bring the fight and, and we get a really good hockey game on Friday night. It's certainly going to be a game I'm looking forward to. And, and if Herm can get there and snap some photos and really capture it, it'll, it'll, I'm sure it'll look awesome. And some other games to watch. Uh, I know we talked about Purdue Northwest already, but they are taking on Northern Michigan in an outdoor game this weekend. I think it's always cool when you, when you get games like that on the calendar. I know we talk about the Buffalo Meltdown Tournament. A lot of guys look forward to for the opportunity to play outside at Riverworks. But really cool, especially going into the holiday break, to see these two teams meet outside. By the time that this podcast comes out, it'll already have happened, but you, Mary is hosting Williston State for their Teddy Bear Toss game. This is one I'm looking forward to because I think uh, the Starion Ice Complex is a perfect place for a Teddy Bear Toss because of the way the bleachers are set up and there's no net 
netting. I mean, you can probably guarantee that this game is going to be another sellout for you, Mary, and I'm sure that Teddy Bear Toss goal will pre- be an electric one. Staying out west, uh, the two teams that you, Mary, lost to this past weekend will face off. We've got Minot versus Jamestown. Those games always get really rough. I think they played each other 14 or 15 times last year, so they know each other very well at this point. And then we've got a, an interstate battle between Central Oklahoma and Oklahoma, which is a really fun matchup. Those two teams love to play each other. Both barns are usually packed for this, so we're looking forward to that one as well. We've got Michigan-Dearborn taking on Lawrence Tech. Last time these two teams played Lawrence Tech got the upset on the road in overtime so we'll have to keep an eye on this one heading over to division two uh, we've got Liberty taking on Ryder this is a Ryder team Herm that's kind of snuck under the radar on us yeah JJ Santagata's boys are 14 and one this season and going up against a 13 and two Liberty squad not a crazy massive social media presence or anything like in terms of tagging us and stuff so it's kind of missed our focus but man, sneaky, sneaky good team from Ryder this season. And then another D2 matchup. We've got Maryville's D2 team taking on Illinois State. On the women's side of things, we have Adrian College at number two taking on Indiana Tech at number seven. That is a highly anticipated matchup. And that just about wraps it up for the games to watch this week. We've got a great interview coming up. I think Herm and I are really proud of the way this, this one came out. I know a lot of editing went into it on Herm's side of things to fix some audio, but I'm glad we were able to salvage it. This week, we're joined by Tyler Skomsky and Jared Carl from Pitt's ACHA Division One team. We challenged the boys before they came on for this interview to really let loose and share their favorite stories from their time at Pitt. We honestly think they nailed it. So without further ado, we're going to turn it over to them and wrap up this week's episode presented by Selly Hockey Co. We're pleased to be joined by two members of the University of Pittsburgh ACHA Division One men's team. We're joined by Tyler Skomsky and Jared Carl. Guys, welcome to the Hockey House. What's going on, boys? Hey, thank you for having us. Yeah, we're psyched to have you guys. I mean, you guys are off to a pretty good start this season. As a fellow ACC school, you guys kicked our butts in football the other day, but uh, I mean, you guys are well on your way to the ACC title game, so I'm sure campus is buzzing about that with the football team getting to 10 wins for the first time in a while. But we're here to talk a lot about hockey today, so let's get after it. Why don't we start with you, Tyler, kind of walk us through what led you to ending up at Pitt? I was looking at the school first and foremost. When it came down to it, I was in between Drexel and uh, Pitt, and I was looking mainly at the academics. I ended up going for civil engineering, but also what kind of hockey programs they had here. And when it came down to it, I, I think I just, I saw myself at Pitt a little bit better. Being a Philly guy from outside of Philadelphia, I wasn't too happy. Also being, I guess, a Flyers fan, following the uh, Penguins two cup run back-to-back years that I was going to have to go out to school in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I've enjoyed the, the school, the academics here and playing hockey here has been also a lot of fun. Was Wawa or Sheets taken into consideration when choosing your college? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was something I had to add to sober up to is that there's no Wawas out here. The Sheets-Wawa debate is is something that comes up a lot on the team because we have a lot of Philly or outside of Philadelphia guys and then the Sheets guys that think they know what they're talking about from Pittsburgh. I can end the debate. I mean, Wawa was a food market that decided to sell gas and Sheets was a gas station that tried to sell food. Case in point there, Wawa Superior, I want to say that 
first and foremost. And any Pittsburgh people or Sheets people on you, you don't know what you're talking about. That's something that's pretty contentious on our team for sure. Tyler, you said you, you're from the Philly area. What what hockey teams did you play for growing up? The youth program I played for, I played at the whole the same rank my whole life, Oaks Center Ice. I'm from outside of King of Prussia area. It's about 30 some minutes west of Philadelphia. I spend most of my time, at least in a high school and midget years at a Valley Forge Minutemen. So I played 16s there and 18s there. And then after I graduated high school, I came out to Pitt. Gotcha. And, then, and Jared, cutting over to you, how did you end up yeah. playing at Pitt? And what was your hockey career like growing up? Getting to Pitt was the same, kind of the same thing that Tyler was talking about. I was mostly looking at academics. Honestly, my freshman year, I wasn't even like a shoe-in for the team itself. I wasn't oh. sure if I was going to put <laughs> Yeah, this guy actually didn't make the team. Yeah, I got, I got cut freshman year. It's kind of tough. But team joke. <laughs> yeah, I came back sophomore year and made the team. It was more of like just the urban campus. I don't know if you guys have ever been out here. It's super hilly. There's there's a lot to do, lots of sports going on. Obviously, the, the school is a big sports school in itself. The engineering department is really good. So that's what got me out here. Growing up, I never played more than double-A hockey. I actually didn't. I played house up until I was like 11 or 12 years old. Then I played uh, Rochester Grizzlies. And then my high school team actually made their own travel team to play so we were unofficially the Rochester Knights that was me growing up we'll throw it over to the classic question Tyler you get first dibs at this but what was your welcome to the ACHA moment me and Carl's is the same we're both in our I guess fifth year at this point I got cut my 16 17 17 17 18 so our, my freshman year I got cut Carl played my welcome to the ACHA moment was my first game at OU. So we always play Ohio at Ohio in Bird Arena. The Bird Arena dinosaur, it causes a havoc on the bench. It doesn't get tired of tapping on the glass. And then the fans themselves, they're wild. And our, my first game that we played, it was supposed to be a two two game weekend away at OU. This is February 2018 and we got blown out the first game 12 nothing. It was the longest game of my life. Carl can probably attest to that as well. We got a uh, snowed in for the second game so we never played thank god we were able to get out of Ohio because that was that was rough but yeah that was the probably the first game where I, I don't think the single penalty you know you usually don't get called when it's pit pit OU it was a, a fight and a hockey game broke out so that was that was it for me for those of you who can't see Herm heard we were talking dinosaurs at Bird Arena and he threw on his video and I believe he's going <laughs> to chime in at this point yeah that is that is common feedback he is constantly in people's heads he was so in our head I think was it la not last year the the year before corona year or before COVID hit we were at an Applebee's close to our uh, our hotel one of our teammates left like an empty Zinn container on the Applebee's table the, the Bird Arena dinosaur <laughs> took to Twitter and was you saw how it man and out. Yeah, like dip spit everywhere, trash in the Applebee's. And we were just like, what are we, what what happened? And we didn't know. We were getting taken down on Twitter. <laughs> they were in our heads. They tried to, and they do a good job. I'll tell you that. Speaking of Twitter, we, we actually had a good back and forth with the dinosaur after, because we finally beat. OU this year first time in program a long time yeah. coming I tweeted out the game the game ending tweet there was with a gif of like during the dinosaur extinction of just like <laughs> dinosaur getting I saw that and I was like this is really fucking creative I gave you guys a lot a lot of credit for that and I was like man this is a tough scene as a bobcat but a great look for you guys so so yeah. hat tip hat tip on my end <laughs> thank you Carl, was that also your welcome to the ACHA moment, or do you have another moment that stands out? No, so mine is from my freshman year, also my OU. Pucks in our own in our own corner. 
we're probably losing by, you know, at least half a dozen. <laughs> and we're trying to break the puck out. I don't know who passed it out of the corner, but I'm playing right wing and the puck's in the left corner. So the pass comes like across the middle of the ice. And of course, my body's facing up ice towards the OU goal. And I'm looking behind me at this pass. <laughs> and I, it was, it was brutal. <laughs> and next thing I know, I'm on the ice because the D-man stepped up and just absolutely pummeled me at the blue on it. <laughs> And I had no idea what was going on. So I wound up tipping the puck out of the blue line after this. I'm collecting my thoughts on the ice. I'm like, you know, I'm ready to get up and just crawl off the ice at this point. The T-Rex is already calling the ambulance. Exactly. Meanwhile, as I'm, you know, slowly getting up from the ice, the puck's getting, you know, regrouped in the neutral zone. They dump it back in. It hits my skate as I'm like just standing up and I'm like, oh shit. Like, and then I immediately just get pummeled again. Like, literally eight seconds later, it's unbelievable. The part that makes it the best is that the guy who was doing color for OU said something about like how that hit registered on the Richter scale. Like, they put a man through the ice and the audio was just great. Play call was awesome. So, yeah, that's when I got the, the video of if you boys want that. That's unbelievable. We're definitely going to need to see that footage. Because that, I mean, there's no worse feeling when you get hit and you're slow to get up and all you want to do is get off the ice and just get a fresh body on. That puck bouncing to you when you're in a vulnerable position and there's nothing you can do. It's like the train coming and you can't get off the tracks. At the second hit i was like you know i'm in the middle of getting hit and I, in my head i'm like i at least gotta make it look like this should be a penalty so <laughs> i kind of just foiled my arms and the ref actually called a penalty on it so he just felt bad <laughs> All right, so let's dive into this season so far. I mean, what are some big games you guys have had? You, you talk about the win at OU and how big that was for, for Pitt hockey, but, I mean, you guys have climbed the rankings to start off the year. You did not play last year, correct? Yeah, we practiced for a couple of weeks in the fall, but by, like, the end of October, the university was like, yeah, you guys can't play. It was kind of tough, but, you know, especially for the seniors. What's it been like then bouncing back from the COVID year and starting up again? What's kind of the mindset? What are the goals from this season, and how have you guys been doing so far? I think we had about three seniors um, that didn't end up getting to play last year that aged out and couldn't play this year. For the most part, we had our, our core team come back. Um, we had a lot of good young guys come out two years ago, so the year before Corona. Um, and that's when I think we, we ended up going 28 and five on five or four. 28 and five or 28 and four, I think on the season, we had a really good season the year before Corona. Lost a couple of guys, came back this year, same core group of young guys. We had technically two sets of rookies. So for the rookies that had made the team before we got canned during COVID and then a new set of rookies this year. So we have, I think about 19 of them total and they've been stepping up too. So just high expectations from our last full played year um, coming in. Uh, I think we hit 12 on the rankings. So that was the highest for our program so far. And we've had a couple couple weekends off, but we have, uh, I believe, Mercyhurst and RMU coming up next weekend before we're done till after winter break. We're playing some good teams. Like we said, that OU win that we had, that was huge. That was a first in program history. OU has always been a tough team. We've always wanted to beat them. You know, even just, I remember our, my my first game playing on that 12-0 loss. That, that, had, that left a sour taste in my mouth. So it felt real good. I'm sure even a lot 
know, the older guys in the team won, finally beat these guys. And then a couple other games, like we played Niagara and they, they got a good team this year. We lost, I believe, 8-4 and then beat them the next day, 4-2-3, something like yeah. that. We split the weekend with them, but they were a tougher team than we expected. They're so, climbing the rankings. And too. they're climbing the rankings as well. We had uh, Delaware. Delaware's always a solid team. That was our inaugural weekend for this season. Um, we split with them as well. And then we've gotten into CHMA conference play and we've just been trying to uh, string as many wins as we can together and um, try to put a, put a record up before we go out for winter break. If I can add to that, for the veterans who played in the year before COVID, losing in the conference championship to IUP was left a very sour taste in our mouths. So for the guys who are returning, you know, we didn't play last year. I, I wasn't planning on playing for fifth year. Then, you know, the season got canceled and I was like, what the heck I'll play, you know, since I was already going to be here. So for the veterans coming in, we had that, you know, anticipation of it had been, I think that it was like 560 some days since we had played a game to our first game this year. And, you know, we were ready to go right off the bat. Our coach scheduled us a, a really nice, tough schedule to begin with. We actually played our first five weekends were in five different states. The first four were out of Pennsylvania. So that was a real good way to, to get us going because especially with how the rankings work, when we went 28 and four or five or whatever it was, we wound up ranked like number 20, I think, going into national. So we were bumped out by some of the conference champions. And we felt that, you know, based off our record, we should have deserved to be a higher ranking and maybe even gotten like an automatic bit. Coach scheduled us with a nice schedule this year. We've gotten off to a, a good start against some tough opponents. And that's what's gotten us high up in the rankings there. A couple episodes back, we talked to Gavin Cummings of IUP, and he was talking about that conference championship game against you guys. And in a league like that, where the winner gets the auto bit, it's tough being in that kind of, if you're anywhere past ranked 15th in that 15 to 20 area, and you don't win your conference, yeah. it's really hard because you're sitting around waiting to see if you end up in the tournament. I, I, I can only imagine the bitter taste that you guys had after losing to IUP, but I want to circle back. You talked about having 18 rookie, I mean, 19 rookies, excuse me. We have mm -hmm. 18 here at Cuse, and I just want to, I think it's worth mentioning. It's an interesting perspective for those teams who did not get to play last year. You have this freshman and sophomore class that are all rookies as, as two veterans on the team. How are you guys handling having so many rookies on the roster? One of the big things that actually worked with, like I just mentioned, worked with the, the strength of uh, opponent too, is that with all those away games early in the year, we got to have all the rookies, you know, going with us on these bus trips. So we're spending two and a half days a week plus practices during the week with these guys. And it's real easy to bond. You know, some of the guys love, there's this thing called the Jared Carl experience, which is pretty much where I, I grab the mic in the front of the bus and just talk about random stuff or like stories from the weekend or whatever. If some of the stories get a little dry, then I'll go into the rumor mill and just say something outrageous and get the boys fired up or whatever just getting you know the chemistry flowing it's a real fun time even our coaches get in up uh, in on it too like i had i mean part of the i guess the show is that i'll be on my phone during it too so if somebody wants to like call in and like you know either defend their case or accuse somebody of something like they can call in i'll put it right up to the mic and it's kind of like a, a live radio show yeah, on the mic sounds so. exactly like someone's calling in on radio <laughs> and it can get out of hand for sure it has but it's always a fun time. It's probably one of the one of my fondest memories from playing a pit. Now I'm curious because on, on the Jared Carl experience, like what's the go-to <laughs> stories for these rookies? If you're trying to teach them about pit hockey and what pit hockey is all about, 
What's a story that you told them on these early road trips? I mean, yeah. one thing for sure, uh, we've noticed at least, I think we, me and Carl, uh, Jared have been here for uh, kind of a transitionary period. I mean, Pitaki's always had solid, solid kids and solid players and solid team, but we've made, we've made pretty good games up in the rankings, but some of the, we, I mean, I guess the legacy to old pit hockey stories, I mean, I don't know how, how much we could probably get <laughs> into it. Uh, we could probably think of one that would be somewhat too out of out of pocket uh, i mean a lot of the you know the results of the stories i i can't think of one off the top of my head right now a lot of the results of this stories are um i'm trying to think of the story brendan welch was telling me the story about was it avante maddox came to one of our parties do you remember that story yeah so i think oh man i'm gonna butcher it but at one point the the running back for pitt oh and remind me to tell the the juju story too after this <laughs> the running back for pitt Avante Maddox, I think he plays on the Falcons now. Oh, serious. I'm wrong guy. I don't know. He came up to the door at a party that the hockey team was having. He's at something along the lines of like, is this the hockey house? And the guy running the door was like, yeah, like we're throwing a party. What's up? And he was like, oh, nice. Like, did you guys play this weekend? Or like, you had any games this weekend? He was like, yeah, like we beat, I think it was like Duquesne, like 7-2 or something. And he goes, y'all scored 70 minutes about hockey? <laughs> So that was pretty funny. During the summer of COVID, we were having a party at my house. It was Memorial Day, right? Yeah, yeah Memorial yeah. Day weekend. And it was the same day as the Tiger, Phil, Brady, Rogers. Oh, the, the golf man? No, not Rogers. Who was it? You guys remember that? It was um, 2020 May. The match? <laughs> yeah, the match. It was, it, it was peak quarantine. It might have been the first one. Yeah, yeah that was, it was like, right when it was. Stores were shut down and everything. Yeah. I mean, it was peak quarantine, but we were still throwing down. Yeah. Um, so and reason, where, yeah. Within, did you guys stay mm-hmm. on campus when when everything shut down? You know, COVID wise, it's been pretty restrictive. But for the original shutdown, there was everything was online, and they sent everybody who lived on campus home. Yeah, so it was precarious on campus. So you guys were just like, we're we're gonna ride this puppy out uh, at the hockey house. Yeah, yeah, just chilling. Um, early weekend, I think it's. I think it's the Sunday because I had my outrageous golf tan from the day before. We're having a little shindig in the back trackway in this like back alley in the middle of Oakland. Oakland's the town that, that pits in downtown Pittsburgh. It's pretty casual. Like there's a couple other parties going on like around, but it's nothing big. And all of a sudden, like up the gravel, you know, street, it's this, this remote back road. Yeah. You don't drive up this street if you don't live, live on this. Yeah. This three-wheeler I mean, like polaris yeah it was like the polaris three-wheeler that doesn't have side doors yeah like rolls up this gravel street and we're like what like who is this it took a couple seconds to register but the guy who pops out of the driver's seat is just juju smith schuster <laughs> he just rolls up to that part he knocks over and, i mean not that like we were in any position to say like hey you want to allow here but he just walked over. <laughs> he's like what's up guys like he's talking to us and everything he came over to the table i was playing the beard eye at and like more or less kicked my partner off the table and was like what's this game you guys are because he'd never seen it before i tried to teach him the rules of beard eye and bailey wasn't the greatest at at beard eye he found his way over to to play in pong which i guess was more of his usc wasn't yeah wasn't the greatest at hawking cube but we have this photo of jared and he's visibly explaining the juju while he has a die in his hand like (laughs) i don't know what the caption was but you're like so this is what you want to do you know you want to try to get it into the cup yeah and i mean it was it, it was this decked out polaris it was like his number on the front of it 
purple. I mean, it was, and yeah, him and his security guy, yeah. it didn't even take long. There was a couple of surrounding parties that were like, I'm sure word got out almost immediately. And then we had people like from next door coming yeah. over trying to say hi to him. And I, I think him and uh, Zach Corbel ran, he switched over yeah. to Kong after dive for a little bit. He was there for a good 45 to an hour. Hey, we was there for a long time. Yeah. I know after, after the tables, he went over and he was playing street hockey because we had a oh, set up. God, I forgot. Yeah, we played there. Yeah. <laughs> I, we have a picture of that too. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah. We played street hockey with Juju Smith Suster. That was a crazy but day. That was all time. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> was he any good at hockey or? I don't think any of us were really, because, you know, we've had a couple beers and we're not in any position to either injure or hurt a professional yeah. football player. So. <laughs> It was I Mike Tom like, yeah. after us. <laughs> no, he would. I mean, I remember him like at least jogging around and hitting it a couple times, and he he was into it. It was just the randomness of the whole thing. It was yeah. We, we had no idea what was even happening. Yeah, it was a crazy day. Kind of a normal day at Oakland. Stuff like that <laughs> happens pretty often. To be I've, honest, I've got so many questions here. I mean, first off, it sounds like we got a lot of activities going on at the Pit Hockey House, which we love to see. We got die pong and street hockey, right? Oh yeah, yeah. it was a day. Uh, I mean, you got to ask: Were there any TikToks made? Because I know that's Juju's thing. Did we? Ooh. Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, no cameras. Know, we're, we're talking peak COVID, so yeah. I'm not sure if Juju was really trying to make it that much of a public event yeah he didn't really try to not <laughs> there were no tiktok dances with juju no, no. I, I don't think we would have i, I would have personally not participated yeah no it's yeah. we tried to get him to throw a tv out of um it was actually my <laughs> tv that i accidentally busted i live next door we're, we're here now i i had busted a tv we were gonna we were gonna throw it or you know do something set on fire and we tried to get juju to throw it out of the second story window but his security said that like you know the videos and stuff and having it turn covid we tried to get him and i think he would have been down but his security was like nah it's probably not a good idea he's a big hockey guy because he was in nhl 20 a couple of years ago as like one of the people you could play as like he's a big penguins oh, wow. fan too like was he psyched that you guys were hockey guys i knew snoop was i, I don't think he knew had any idea who we were like I, i'm looking back on it and i'm pretty you sure had you boys were talking about style in one of your latest episodes i have one of the, the worst styles yeah ever <laughs> so i'm wearing like this homemade cutoff that says hky pit hockey like a frat and i got my homo tan is like down to my elbow from golf, but it's sleeveless. So it's just, it's not even a tan. It's just a straight sunburn. Like he's lobster red. It's comedic. Yeah. And my hair is wild. And <laughs> like, I, my posture is terrible. It is just, I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, I don't, we're, I mean, we're going to have to get that, that picture of Carl's and, and, and Juju. We'd love to see that. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the greatest stories I've ever heard since we've been doing this. That's definitely it. <laughs> In my top three. Going back to this season, I mean, tell us about your home rink. How far is it from campus? Are you guys making a trek out to the rink? Is there a locker room? What, what's it like going to the rink on a daily basis for pit hockey? We live in Oakland. Um, it's about, I'd say, five-ish minutes east of the central business district of downtown Pittsburgh. So that's where University of Pittsburgh's campus is. We play out of Harmer, PA. So it's about 
15, 20 minute drive northeast of the city. 10 if you're going really fast. We had some guy, I think the record was eight minutes home. I don't know. We don't, we don't condone it, but about 15 minute drive northeast of the city. We play at Harmonville, PA, the Alpha Ice Complex. So pit hockey and also Duquesne hockey. The rank is both our home rank. We're fortunate enough. I think, and this was pretty recent, I think four or five years ago, uh, we did get a locker room at the rank. Um, so we're fortunate enough to be able to leave our stuff there. And, you know, that takes a strain off of guys having to, you know, lug their, uh, their equipment up and up and down into the Litchfield hours or the freshman dorm. So when I started, we didn't have a locker room. I think it was like half or three quarters of the way through my freshman year. And we finally got a locker. I mean, it's, you know, I think about a thousand to 1200 capacity with, we, we outreach to a lot of our friends and people on campus, we, we, we can, you know, we can get a decent amount of people in the barn. Actually, we got our first Duquesne game, first conference game against them this year. We managed to, yeah, I think one of our buddies got the entirety of SIGAP. We had probably close to how we filled three school buses full of students. Yeah, we had, we had school buses that were coming out from uh, Oakland out to uh, Harmer and uh, we had them card in the back but i mean yeah it was a pretty fun game i think that game we we won 11 now honestly at one point i think that the the entire frat was just i i felt bad for duquesne they were relentless all three periods leaning over the the glass just letting them have it what, what's that like sharing a rink especially with a, a big rival like duquesne i know you said you you beat them 11 nothing but i mean that's got to be pretty weird sharing a, a rink with a team that you're competing against i don't think they have a locker room. They have the storage area. They There's have the storage area. They can keep their stuff. But okay. Actual locker room. Because both of our logos are on the ice. The home rank itself is actually for the local. And they. And USPHL. Yeah. USPHL. We're kind of both backseat to them in terms of game slots. A lot of our games are pretty late. But in terms of sharing you know, the rank with them, it's never really been, you know, a big deal. I think, I don't know if it's on purpose, but this year we haven't, besides the game we played them, we haven't seen them at the rink because there's two and then sometimes three ice rinks in the facility, even for practices during the week. Like, you know, they're practicing on a different rink than we're practicing on. You know, occasionally we run into some of the guys at Gecko around the corner after yeah. practice. But other than that, there's really not a lot of, you know, interaction bumping into each other and a lot of the guys kind of pittsburgh based guys like uh, i even i know a couple guys in the duquesne team i mean we're always civil off the ice we you know try to hold a respect for each other and you know have a professional standard you know you know Hey, nothing crazy, no no fights or anything like that. But yeah, we really never see him. I like it because that means in conference games, we, instead of having to go somewhere else, we have two extra home games. So we don't have to travel any extra, which is nice. Outside of Duquesne, do you guys have any other big rivalries? I'd say Robert Morris is a decent rival with us. I think... IEP death. Yeah, IEP and Robert Morris. When Robert Morris was ranked as high as they were earlier in the year, I think a lot of our guys on the team I took that to heart, you know, especially going into our first game against them. We wound up beating them for nothing. That was, that was a huge game for us because I think that was kind of like our coming out party because, you know, we had played all these opponents away at their rinks. I think that might have been our first home, game. First home game. So, you know, we're playing our first home game against this team that, you know, we, we thought we were the better team going in. And I think, you know, all the guys are in the right mindset as opposed to like being like two nonchalant yeah and i thought you know it, that was the most focused i've ever seen the team yeah what i'm trying sure. to say at least at that point in the season 
Yeah, because that was a big deal last year, and we talked about it a lot on the podcast with so few teams playing. The ranking system really got messed up, and, and mm-hmm. Robert Morris found themselves in a, in a top three position for most of the year. And you know they went to nationals and didn't really prove anything. So I could see the frustration at having taken the whole year off and then getting really fired up to kind of prove the point against them. Because you know, especially with that year off, like Tyler said earlier, bringing back a lot of the guys and even some of the some of the rookies. You know, we're looking at you know just because we weren't playing last year doesn't mean you know we weren't watching and building energy to play because we knew we were going to play this year you know that also helped starting this year the way we did i'm curious as, as pittsburgh guys and being in the area when robert morris folded their ncaa team was there any rumors that they were going to pick up some guys for the acha team or did you guys not hear anything oh, that was that was an unfortunate thing that that really sucks i mean i feel for those guys too i mean they've definitely sacrifice more to get to that level. And I feel like a lot of the older guys in that team, you know, probably felt slighted that, you know, after maybe three years they're going in their senior year that the, the university just can that team. I was thinking about, you know, maybe it's guys, you know, maybe buying six guys, maybe some healthy scratches that, you know, maybe are juniors, seniors, or fifth years are like, I'm not going to try to transfer, you know, um, like I'll still want to play hockey, but like, it's not really worth me transferring to another school, trying to get into another, you know, NCAA D1 program that might just drop down and play ACHA. We never really figured out the end, whether like the eligibility wise, but I think it ended up one of one of the guys, Roman Kramer on uh, RMU, he was he was one of the NCAA D1 guys that dropped down. And uh, I mean, you can definitely tell, like we played him that one game, our first home game, and he, he himself probably had close to 10 shots on goal. That guy was a real threat. I mean, he, yeah, that was just... I think we, we saw that coming too, because we played uh, men's league over the summer and he was in our league. And I think one of the games we played his team and we lost like 10 to 8 or something and he had 8 of their goals. Like yeah. it's crazy. He's, he's really good. He's wicked fast. But, you know, you think of Pittsburgh and you think of it as such a big hockey city. Outside of the Penguins and, you know, Robert Morris before their D1 NCAA team folded. I mean, there's the junior team that plays out of our rank. But other than that, it's just, you know, high school hockey and collegiate ACHA club hockey. So that's where uh, I guess we kind of stepped up as as a conference. Putting some respect on ACAJ hockey. I mean, I'm sure you guys and you, Carl, definitely have had to try to explain what the ACAJ is and how it's not, it's technically club, but we take it really seriously. It's competitive. Especially since there's no NCAA team at Pitt, we're like the hockey team. So, you know, we can kind of word that. We're like, oh, we're the Pitt hockey team. There's no one else. Just don't ask any more questions. I'm going to have to start explaining juniors. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I don't know at this point, but it's real hockey. That's what, that's what we're trying to get across. No better example of that is like when you go home for Thanksgiving break and you see all your friends from your hometown and they're like asking how your season's going and you have to explain to them like how it all works. <laughs> and then you just like put their mind in a pretzel and you just got to go about your night. But I, I want to circle back to talking about Pittsburgh hockey. I know Tyler, it's so unfortunate what happened to Robert Morris. And I'm glad one of the guys stuck it out with the ACHA team because that's what we're all about on this podcast is like the ACHA provides an opportunity for you to go to the school of your choice and keep playing hockey so i'm glad at least one of the guys is sticking it out but they're launching a new rink downtown pittsburgh right at the armory that's pretty cool for pittsburgh hockey i'm pretty sure today was 
there was like some type of charity men's league game going on today. That was the first, maybe it was Friday. It was this weekend at some point over Thanksgiving break because it just opened last Wednesday, I believe. It was the first game they had there. Yeah, that's the only, outside of PPG where the Penguins play, that's the only rink like in the city of Pittsburgh's limits. So that's certainly big in terms of, you know, spreading the game in this area, even in terms of like, I'm... I'm fairly certain our uh, second game against Duquesne this year is going to be at that rink. You know, in terms of proximity to campus, like it's not even close. Like it's it's pretty much a walking distance to get to this rink as opposed to get to our home rink now. So, you know, that's another game where we'll be looking to pack the barn with some students. You know, I'm sure Duquesne will be doing the same thing. But yeah, it's really cool to see because they've been talking about doing that for a long time. I don't know if it's going to be a permanent rink. I think I read that it's it's only going to be open like, you know, yearly October through March or something like that. But even still, like it's it's just great for the community, everybody around. Yeah, that's awesome. I, because that was going to be my next question. Is there any talk of a game against Duquesne there? But that sounds like that game's going to be a blast. I'm not sure. You know, it's on the schedule to be played there. I'm, I don't know if I'm ruining any secrets right now. There's definitely a lot of stuff that we have to plan out. But I mean, we've been talking about doing it. I don't know where we are at. If our coaches or our management for either Pitt or Duquesne has been talking about it. But that's something we brought up once we heard that the Hunt Armory was going to be open for games this coming fall and winter. We have a rink pretty much on our campus. It's a completely outdoor rink. They recently changed it from like just a sheet of ice to an actual like like NHL totally rink. dimensional like NHL dimensional rake. So I've flew it out there a couple of times. I like it'd be sick to get an outdoor gate yeah. there like against Duquesne. But, you know, even at the Armory is a perfect opportunity. Especially with the frozen fours that have happened in Pittsburgh, too. I think it's bound that college hockey is going to keep growing in Pittsburgh. And, and oh, I yeah. think Pitt is a really good example of that. Before we run out of time here, I want to ask you guys, like, what are some of your favorite memories looking back on your on your Pitt hockey careers that kind of stand out to you and make it all worth it you know playing in the ACHA so I have a, a younger brother he's like four and a half years younger than me he got into the Naval Academy uh he's been playing for their division one ACHA team this year originally before the season started we didn't you know I had checked with our coach and you know we weren't signed up to play against them but one of our practices in September he just told us like oh by the way like Navy scheduled to come play us this year so one of the coolest hockey moments of my life really was a couple weekends ago at the beginning of November I got to play against my brother in a pair of hockey games which you know we had never done before being that far apart is an age difference. So I'm really grateful to get that opportunity because I wasn't planning on playing this fifth year and then COVID came, I played, you know, we weren't scheduled to play them, but then we wound up playing them. It's just the stars aligned and, you know, it was, it was a great time. And we got a lot of family down there to watch too. It was awesome. Like you said, for the stars to align in that way and, and all your family members to get the opportunity to see you guys play against each other, it must've been really special. Yeah, it was, it was, it was awesome. <laughs> I, my, I definitely can't top that as a, you know, like a single paramount moment. I mean, just over the years, I, some of my closest friends and probably forever the rest of my life I've made playing this sport coming up through the years, but definitely at Pitt, there's countless memories of, you know, road trips and the night we beat OU, it was another stars aligned moment. We were supposed to have a, a, a bus scheduled to, to take us to Athens, Ohio from Pittsburgh, but that fell through like the Wednesday before, like two days before we were supposed to go play them. So like we all had to carpool and drive ourselves down there. And then we, we lost the first game, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So the first game we lost, you know, bomb, we, we, we still wanted them. Second game we won. 
fun and we did not have a bus. We all had our cars. So like coach didn't want us to drive home either. So, yeah. So we had to stay. We usually will stay. We'll play Friday. If we're doing a pair of away games, we'll play Friday, stay overnight, Friday night, play Saturday, and then immediately head home. But our coach didn't want us driving that late. So we stayed Saturday night. I don't think I've seen people drive that fast to the grocery store for <laughs> some pops, but I mean, that, that night alone was, yeah, that was, that was a real fun night. I mean, the no use probably just, you know, top, top hockey moment for me, especially, I mean, even our coach, our program, we were really trying to develop pit hockey into a household name in the city of Pittsburgh and another household name in the ACHA. And I think that, you know, beat no you is that first step, you know, trying to make some Natty's appearances coming up, stringing a couple, making some deep runs. I think that's definitely something that we're looking to do this year, especially. Well, I'm happy that you guys are doing so well. I'm also happy that Pitt decided to rebrand the athletic department a couple of years ago, because I think the new jerseys are are awesome the royal blue and, and the yellow it looks so much better than the old colors we were we've had the, the royal and the yeah the the royal blue and the, the gold for our, our current jerseys we actually did those before like at least a couple of years before the athletic yeah. department made the official fixed. switch so <laughs> i mean maybe you guys had an influence but i mean you know because at least I, I love the uniform combination for the football game in Syracuse. I wasn't a big fan of the the navy and the like dark gold. I never thought that looked real good. And even the, you know, some of the hockey jerseys for the team, you know, way back with those color combinations weren't great. Yeah, you know, we we went pretty far in the jersey bracket during COVID. Yeah, we got. I thought we were going to do pretty well. Whenever it was Purdue, correct? Yeah, Purdue ended up winning. There were some. I mean. Can't blame. But, but, no, honestly, yeah, the boilers, right? Yeah. <laughs> Second question: Am I thinking of this, or did you guys have yellow shells at one point? Oh, yeah, well, we still have. <laughs> well, the one problem with the the jerseys is that the yellow on every single jersey is a different shade. We used to wear blue jersey, blue socks, yellow shell, but the yellow on the jersey and the and the shell and the socks were like all three different yellows, so it looked kind of stupid. So we just kind of did blue and we call them blueberries because we also got the blue gloves and helmet too. I've been trying to convince people because we have yellow jerseys and yellow socks now. I've been telling our coach that we should get gold helmets and do a, a gold color rust. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. And it doesn't look great because you can tell even more that the yellow and <laughs> I, but it still looks, I don't know. <laughs> it's something. Yeah. Maybe for a specialty game or something. Maybe that Duquesne game, we can go all yellow. I was going to say, you guys can be like Arizona State and have like 40 different glove, helmet, yeah. shell combinations. Yeah. Right. If we had that kind of money, yeah, maybe. <laughs> in perfect world well hey boys thank you so much for for taking the time to meet with us glad to get some inside scoop on on the pit hockey program and we wish wish you guys the best of luck the rest of the way this season thanks boys yeah keep growing the brand it's been it's been great following the pod and you know growing the acha as as we're all doing here and it, it was a pleasure having us on once again, thank you to the boys for coming on and joining the show. This is a, a program that's kind of been on the outskirts looking in. I know they, they got snubbed back in 2020 when they dropped their conference championship game 
to IUP, but they've really been on the rise. Like they said, beating the Bobcats for the first time in program history this year. Really nice talking to those guys. I mean, the, the story about Juju Smith-Schuster rolling up to the hockey house in Pitt is just one of the better stories I've ever heard since we started doing this. So really cool to talk to those guys. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Uh, we wish everyone the best of luck in finals this week. And for those teams that are still playing, best of luck. But we hope everyone enjoys their holiday break.